thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. My friend, I'm so thankful that I can speak to you today out of Mark chapter 6, verse 41 uh, up to 44, I would like to read. But, you know, it's a famous story. I know it. It's a story that you probably all heard about, but there is something there that will bless you, I'm sure of it. It says in Mark chapter 6, verse 41, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, Jesus gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to set before the people And he also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. Oh, I'm sure you heard of this story. I believe it's one of the miracles, one of the few miracles that really is found in all four of the Gospels. And, you know, that means there's something special here. And I'm sure you've heard many sermons about it and maybe read it and even told the story yourself because it's a powerful story. And it gives us so much truth about the greatness of God and the goodness of God. You know, there were thousands of people there. It says 5,000 men. Well, how many was the total? If you would also include the women and the children, I don't know. 5,000 or 15,000 There was a lot of people there. And the problem was there was no food for them all. They had been listening the whole day to Jesus who was talking about the kingdom of his father. And they were so into that message. They were so eager to hear about the kingdom of God that the things like food, they just were not important anymore. They didn't want to miss anything of that word of Jesus. Oh, may we all have that same kind of a hunger for the word of Jesus. Maybe, may we all have that same kind of a, of a zeal and an excitement for what God is speaking to us even today. And so they were there and the disciples, they came to Jesus. Well, they were thinking natural and uh, it was not a bad thought. They said, hey, Jesus, these people, it's already late. The day is spent. They need to go home. If they don't go home, they're going to be so hungry. They need to find their place and, 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 and they need to find food. So send them away. But Jesus said, you give them something to eat. But you know, Jesus already knew what he was going to do. I like it. I like in the Bible, you read it and you discover this is one of the principles in the Bible that whenever God asks us something to do something, he already has a plan how to do it and to do it in a, in a greater way, in a way that will shock us and will make us to shout and praise and worship him because he is so wonderful and so great. So he already knew what he was going to do, but yet he puts the challenge before them so that they may learn from this situation. You know, this was an awesome challenge. There, there they were standing, thousands of people, and he says, you give them something to eat. Well, immediately their mind kicks in and they're thinking, how are we going to solve this? How are we going to do this? Lord, do you want us to go to the 
store and buy some food. You know what it's going to cost? How much money do we have? And even if we have enough money, where we're going to find a store that has enough food for all these people? And they were thinking in the natural, but God wanted them to start seeing that they were tapped into the unlimited source. God is a unlimited source. And he wanted to show them that they were tapped into that unlimited source, that everything is possible for those that believe. I want you also to know, my friend, that if you are tapped into Jesus, you're tapped into the Father, you're tapped into the Holy Spirit, you're tapped into the unlimited source. With God, all things are possible. All things are possible for those that believe. And so when you are in a situation that God puts a challenge before you, don't immediately kick in with the natural mind and thoughts and questions and obstacles and mountains and giants and bears upon the road, but start to believe, Lord, you already have a plan. If you put this challenge before me, you already have a plan how you're going to solve this. And Lord, just open my eyes that I may see. You know, that's the problem. We just don't see what God is seeing and we need to get in alignment with his plan, with his heart, with his purpose, with with what he has in mind. And, you know, the disciples, they missed it here, but God was teaching them a lesson. And, you know, later on, we find out that this truly was a small challenge compared to the great challenge when Jesus, after his resurrection, took his disciples up the mountain. And just before he went back to the Father, he said, now listen, I want you to go into all the world preach the gospel to all people and make all people into my disciples. I mean, we're not talking about five or 15 or 20,000 people. We were talking about a few million people that needed to be fed with the bread of life. You know, like this was impossible here in Mark chapter six. It was impossible in the book of Acts for them to preach the gospel to all the people in the world. But you know, they had learned their lesson. They had, they had found out that they were tapped into the in, everlasting source where all things are possible. And so, yes, they were taught how to have faith and to believe in that God is able to do it. And my friend, the same is for you today, for me today. When God puts a challenge before you, he knows what he wants to do. And he knows how to do it and he can do it and he will do it if we will just walk with him and obey him and do what he tells us to do. Well, you know, you must remember that the natural mind and, you know, I'm the same. I'm also a man. I think natural and the way we like to start is with a full basket, with a full mountain of bread. And when God gives us that resource, and then he explains, now you take that resource and you disperse it, you, you, you feed the people, you give it to the people. That, you know, then we end, we end empty. That's how we in the natural like it. We like, before we begin, we want to have the resource. We want to have that mountain of bread or whatever it is that we need. Then we will do the work, work because we are willing to work for the Lord. So we will do the work. And then, well, how do we end? Well, that's... As human, very normal and natural, we end empty. But you know, the Lord, he does it totally reverse and totally different. 
He starts empty and he makes us to end up full. Even though in the natural, I like to start full and then, well, the result is I end empty. And that's for my natural mind. That's the way I think. And that's the way, you know, I like it. Start full and okay, then the result is I end empty. Well, you know, I rather have it as a child of God because I'm favored and blessed to have it as a child of God. I start empty and I end up full. I start empty. I give everything that we have, the little that we have, we give it all and the multitude is fed. And yet at the end, I'm not empty. No, like they were, uh, they ended with 12 baskets full of bread and fish. They were satisfied. And don't think those people just ate a little bit. They ate until they were satisfied. And yet, after eating until they were satisfied, they still ended up full. And you know, that's the blessing. So I want to tell you, this, this is a word of the Lord for you. Oh, give what you have. Do what you need to do and trust the Lord that even though you gave what you had, you will not end up empty. You will end up full. Hallelujah. And while you're doing it in the whole process, God is even using what you had, that little what you had, to feed a multitude. Well, in short, I just want to give you three important things that you should never do. I think we hear many times what we should do, but I want to tell you three things that you should never do. They're very simple. This is a simple message today. But I tell you, these truths will help you in your situation, whatever your situation is. Number one, don't be overwhelmed by the greatness of the need. I think this is very normal. When in life, we maybe receive a letter from the hospital that the results are in and we have cancer. Well, that is so overwhelming. And that just can throw us in a, in a downward spiral where we don't get out because we're just overwhelmed by the greatness of that sickness, the greatness of that disease, the strength of that disease. Maybe it's a letter from the bank. You have not been able to keep up your payments and now they're going to come and repossess the house or something else. Maybe it's uh, something in the family or something in your marriage life. Or I don't know what it is. But there is something and the news that has come to you is just so overwhelming because the need is so great or the problem is so big that it just, it covers you like a thick blanket. It has come over you like a great darkness and you're just so overwhelmed that fear kicks in. Oh, I want to warn you, my dear friend, listen to this word today. Don't allow the greatness of your need to overwhelm you. Because when you do that, you start acting according to your mind and fear and the flesh, and you will do crazy things. When David got overwhelmed, remember that day when the thought came into his mind and these thoughts can come into the minds of believers even today. I'm not talking about the sinners that don't know God. I'm talking about believers today. That thought can come into your mind. Like with David that he said, If I stay here, I will surely die under the hand of Saul. It is better for me to run away to the land of the Philistines and there I will be safe. You know, that was a thought of the enemy. He got overwhelmed and I understand it. I would never dare to point a finger at David. 
I understand it, that he was overwhelmed. He was fleeing, and every time, oh, the enemy came over him, and, you know, he had escaped so many times, just barely escaped by the grace of God and because God was with him. But it overwhelmed him in such a way that he thought, this is it, this is it, this is the end. And, you know, that made him to do something foolish and stupid and crazy. He ran to the land of the Philistines, and, you know, he got even into a greater mess there, And he got into such great problems that even his own men wanted to kill him. And, uh, you know, God saved him there in a mighty way. You read the story of David and the city of Siklag, and it will tell you a wonderful story of lesson, what not to do and how to get out once you have done something you shouldn't have done. And he got out, thank God. But, you know, don't allow the greatness of your need or your problem or the news that comes to you or your situation to overwhelm you. But what to do? Well, Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat, you know, he gives a good example what to do when the news that comes to you is so overwhelming. They came to him and they said, King Jehoshaphat, you know, there's an army that have gathered together against you. They are so mighty so powerful, these kings, they have united with their men together and they're coming against you and there is no way that you're going to escape this one. And what did Jehoshaphat do? Jehoshaphat, he went to the temple, he went to the house of the Lord and there he kneeled before the Lord and he said, Lord, this army that has come against me, it is so powerful, it is so mighty, there is no way I can escape from them. But Lord... I'm not looking to them. My eye is upon you. And when he spoke this prayer and these words, it says the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, one of the priests there, one of the prophets there. And the Lord started to minister and said, Jehoshaphat, oh, you don't have to fight this battle, but I will fight this battle for you. And uh, he gave him instructions and the Lord was with him and brought him out of that great need. Don't allow the greatness of the need to overwhelm you. Well, another thing you should not do, number two, is don't look down upon the little that you have. You know, they had a multitude of people to feed. Jesus said, well, what do you have? Go, tell me, what do you have? And they said, well, Lord, you know, (laughs) we might as well have nothing. What we have, five little pieces of bread and two little fish, I mean, you might as well have nothing because this, what we do have, it is so small in comparison to the need that you might as well have nothing at all. Well, my friend, don't look down upon the little that you have. So many times in the word we find that God said, what do you have? What do you have? What is in your house? What is in your hand? What do you have? Moses, he had a rod. Oh, and When we think of the rod of Moses that he lifted above the Red Sea and the whole sea went open and split open and the people could walk through the Red Sea on the dry. When we think of the rod of Moses, oh, we think of something powerful, a mighty instrument. Oh, if we just had that rod in our hands, that would bring us through all the problems and all the needs. But my friend, that's a lie. That rod was was just a dead stick. But you know, It was something that he had in his hand and that God used. And God uses different things all the time because if he didn't use different things, we would think it is the rod or it is that jawbone of a donkey. 
that had such magnificent power that Samson was able to slay a thousand men. We start thinking it's in these things, but it's not in those things. It's in the acts of obedience. And when you surrender what you do have into the, into the hand of the Lord, into the hand of the servant of God, you know, that woman, she had a little pot with a little bit of flour and a little jar of oil. But you know, when she gave it to the Lord, remember the prophet, he said, oh, first make a cake for me. And when she did it, you know, when she gave what she had, that little that she had, when she gave it into the hand of the prophet, you know, the, the, the flour did not run empty in that little pot, but it, it came and multiplied and multiplied. The secret is not to look down upon the little that you have, but not to look upon it as if that's going to save you, but to surrender it into the hand of God. Oh, that woman, her sons would be taken away of her. She only had a little jar of oil, but the Lord multiplied that oil. The Lord can multiply whatever you have, but you need to surrender it to him. Don't say, I have nothing, but, but, but what little you do have, Give it to the Lord and he will do a miracle. Oh, my father was in Papua New Guinea and he was preaching there and the people were so poor. But he said, the last night of this crusade, we're going to receive an offering to the Lord. And the local man said, Brother Masbach, they have nothing, these people. How can you ask them to give something? You know, you have sweet ministers today and they mean it so well. And they pray a prayer with the offering and they say, oh, Lord, Bless those that have nothing to give today. Uh, but you know, it's not a good prayer and it's not a good principle. It's not right to pray this because it doesn't work this way. If you sow nothing, you reap nothing. These people in Papua New Guinea, they had nothing. That's true. But Papa said, but God is here and we need to give him an offering and we will have a table here and everybody can bring something to the Lord. Well, you know, some brought an egg. Some brought a chicken leg or even a living chicken they brought. That was what they had. And they brought it. A few years later, my father came back and they were building a church. And the local man, he said, Brother Masbach, after you taught us to give to the Lord, the Lord started blessing and multiplying. And now we're building this church and we're building it with the money that we have here that God blessed us with. You know, we need to sow and don't pray, oh Lord, bless those that have nothing to give, but tell them, go home and get something and give it to the Lord. Don't look down, even if you have just a little, you know, just a few loaves of bread and just two little fish. God didn't say to that little boy, oh, young man, thank you. Your heart is at the right place, but I don't want to take that little away from you. Go, go behind that rock and just eat that little and enjoy it because it's so small, it's so little. What use is it to me? How can I take that from you and how, how will it help me to feed these thousands No, it says, and the Lord took it and he blessed it. Oh, and they all ate and were satisfied. Oh, my friend, don't look down upon the little that you have, but give it and let the Lord multiply it and you will be blessed. Well, finally and quickly at the last point, number three, don't ever forget to involve Jesus in the matter. You maybe say, oh, of course, Brother John, I always pray. But you know, sometimes we just forget to involve Jesus. And you know, the devil, 
He is waiting for that one moment. Maybe it is something insignificant, but you forget to ask the Lord. Maybe 10 times you ask the Lord and every time he says, go right, go right. And now the 11th time you think, well, I don't need to pray. I know the Lord will say, go right. But if you would have prayed, the Lord would have said, now this time don't go right, but go left. And you know, the devil waits for those moments. Maybe we've prayed so much, but we just forget this one time. And this is so small. You know, we're not going to the hospital for some great operation. It's just a little minor thing. But we forget to ask the Lord. We are not against doctors and hospitals and medicine. But my friend, always ask the Lord. Always involve the Lord. Oh, It's the little things that can become such a burden and that can bind us up. Oh, it's the little things that can, when we forget to ask the Lord, that the devil can use to put a yoke upon our backs. Oh, my friend, don't ever forget to involve the Lord. Father, I just want to pray for my listeners today. And you know those that are listening that need that miracle of multiplication. I ask you now, Lord, don't let the greatness of their need overwhelm them, but help them to put their eyes upon you. Lord, don't let them look down upon the little that they have, but let them give it into your hands that you can multiply it today. And Lord, don't ever let them forget to involve you, to involve Jesus in their situation and in the matter because that's the only way that we will steer safely through all the troubles of life. Lord, I ask you, bless them, Lord. Multiply in their life. And Lord, bring them the blessing that they need. I thank you, you will do it. And you will not only let them end up full, but in the whole process, a multitude will be fed because of their obedience to to you and because you bring them through that challenge with great success, Lord. Give them success today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com. Also visit us at maasbach.com. 